And one of those things is something that James Michael is the author of, I believe. Well, we would say the Holy Spirit. Okay, okay. <laughs> I apologize. Through, through the gift of brother, brother James Michael Smith. Uh, no. He came up with something that uh, we call the three-legged stool. Yeah, some of you guys have heard this. It's um, no secret. Why don't you, you it's your All story. Right, here's, here's the deal. We're people, right? We're created image of God, and God made us a certain way. Now, we won't get too technical. There's a debate among Christians, and if you're a seminary nerd like me or some other people that are here, then you hear all these debates and arguments about, well, are people uh, spirit and um, soul and body, or are they just soul and body, and spirit's just another form of... I don't know. I mean, that, that's a question you can get into, but I do know that in 1 Thessalonians 5... Verse 23, Paul, in closing his letter, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives three, three parts, so to speak, of, of a person. So if, if, if you run into somebody who's like, no, that whole tripartite thing, if they know enough to even argue about foolishness like that, then you can say, all right, fine, just for the sake of argument, you're, you're physical, and then there's other stuff. And, uh, and what that is, is basically, as people, we, in order to understand any kind of dating relationship, uh, we got to understand ourselves. And so good um, anthropology 101, according to the Bible, is that people are spirit, soul, and body, at least. And by that, that I mean that there's three realms that, that we exist in. There's three realms that we uh, interact in. The first realm is, is body, our, our actual, our body. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a given. I don't really need to go into any explanation. We're physical. We are physical beings. We have bodies, okay? The second realm is what is your, you'd be called your soul. Um, and your soul is basically what makes you, you, what makes me, me. When God created back in the, uh, Genesis, 1, or Genesis 2, uh, God took the body that he had made out of dust and he breathed his spirit into it. And so the spirit and the body, and it says uh, and he, the man became a living soul. The word nephesh in, in Hebrew, it just means who you are. And when you say my soul longs for such and such, that means I really want such and such. And our soul is basically our emotions, our intellect, everything that makes us us, but that's not our body, that's not our flesh. Okay, so we're spiritual. For the lay people, we can call it personality, if you like. You can call it personality. We can call it, you can label it whatever you want. It's, it's the part of us that's not our physical body, okay? That's our, what we'll call our soul, our individuality. Third part, and this is those are people that do hold to a kind of a three-tier division of, of people like myself. The, third, the final part is your spirit. And that's the part of you that has direct access and communion with God. That's the part of you that nobody else on this earth will ever share or they'll, they'll, they'll never be able to, to enter into that place because that's the place where you and God are one-on-one, -on -one, spirit, soul, and body, kind of like an outward working. And the reason that I'm so sold on this concept is because most of you know I'm a big Old Testament guy. I think that, that God's truth is so clear in the Old Testament. Well, in the Old Testament, God set up the tabernacle, and it later became the temple, and it had three parts. It had the outer courts, which were the part where everybody could come. Anybody could approach the outer courts. If you were among God's people, you could approach the outer courts. Then it had the inner court, and that's where only the priest could be in the inner area. Okay, Not everybody could get to that. Only certain people could be let in there, and they were the people that God had chosen to allow to come in, the priest. And then the final one was the holy part, the most holy part, the holy of holies. That was the part where only one person once a year could enter there, 
like we talked about at the last fusion event, um, that was the part where the veil separated, and that was where God himself actually dwelt on what was called the atonement cover, the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant. Okay? That's how God set up his, this is how people will worship me. All right? The temple. Three sections. Now, Jesus come along in the New Testament, and he said, tear down this temple and I'll build it in three days. And John says he was talking about his body. Jesus was saying that his body was the temple. And then after Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down and actually came into the lives of people, boy, did Paul write, that, that you, don't you know that you yourself are God's temple? So New Covenant theology, as opposed to Old Covenant, Old Testament theology, is the temple was no longer a place that you go to worship. The temple was the person that actually goes and worships. So we are God's temple. And there's no coincidence, it's, just, it's no coincidence to me that, that we would be kind of set up sort of like God set up his old temple. That we have the outer part, our physical nature, where everybody, anybody that wants has access to my physical body, whether I, want, like, whether I like it or not. If somebody wants to come up and hit me with an axe, they can do that. They can come, and there's just nothing I can do about it. Then I have my emotion, my soul. That's the part, I don't, only, only certain people who I choose to let in can get to experience that part of me. You know, if, if, if I choose not to associate with somebody, then they don't ever get to really have any interaction with my soul. All they can do is see me, and if they're really intent on it, you know, strangle me or something. Then the last part is my spirit. And that's just like the Holy of Holies, where only one person and God could be in that place at the same time. That's my spirit. The only, the only part of me that, that I mean, I'm, that's the only part of me that, that no one but me and God has access to. Okay, so I've, I've laid that out and probably overdid it. But... Because of that, what does that have to do with the three-legged stool idea? Well, I wish these were three-legged stools because it'd be easier to, to demonstrate. But if we think about dating, if we think about relationship, basically joining ourselves to somebody with the intention of this could possibly be who I end up marrying, then we have to take into account all three of those parts that we are. Our spirit, our soul, and our body. Our physical needs, our emotional needs, and our spiritual needs. And so the, the easiest way to do it, the whole idea, all of these books on dating and, and rules you have to do and things, to me, through, I didn't just come up with this out of the blue. This came from after weeks and months of talking with other guys that were godly men and, and praying together and just looking around and watching how people do relationships and, and watching relationships fall apart and having relationships that I was in fall apart. Um, what I realized was, for a relationship to be sturdy, just like a stool, for a stool to be sturdy, it's got to have at least three legs, okay? A two-legged stool will fall over every time. Now, if you have four, it's really sturdy, but regardless, it's not a perfect analogy. A three-legged stool, in order to stand, that stool has to have three legs, okay? That's exactly the same concept with relationships. In order for a relationship to be a good relationship, a godly relationship, and ultimately a marriage relationship, it has to stand on three solid legs, and those are the spiritual, the physical, and the emotional. And so if we know that going into a relationship, if we know how to think about ourselves and think about other people, then it's really easy, I shouldn't say really easy, then it's a lot easier to look at potential people that we're dating and, and, and find out, okay, is this going to work? And the first thing you got to do, is, the first one's physical. The idea that this was our myth, was it? Was it yeah, hot it was, or not? it was hot or not, God's idea. God, hot or not, God's take on looks. It's garbage if somebody says looks don't matter. That's garbage. That is nonsense. They do matter. They mattered in Scripture. They mattered all throughout the Bible, but not they weren't the ultimate thing. But what were you going to say? I was going to say, I was going to pose a question. It's interesting to me. Um, you saw with one girl up there that 
Um, whenever I'll talk to somebody about um, whether or not looks should be important, I love asking college students this question because, and you know, I'll be like, no, 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 looks shouldn't be important at all. They shouldn't be important at all. And then I'll turn around and say, okay, so you tell me if, if your husband or your wife said, yeah, you know, I really love my wife. Um, she's ugly, but I love her. I really connect with her emotionally. I mean, she's dog ugly, but, but I really, our, our spirits really connect. They're like, no, I would hate if my husband ever said, okay, so no, it's okay. You need to be attractive to the person, but it's okay if they're not attracted to you. But nobody wants that. If we're honest with ourselves, I am glad that my wife thinks I'm attractive. And, and I'm sure that she is glad that she thinks I'm attractive. We actually had this conversation today. She said, yeah, I am glad that you don't repulse me. We have to sleep <laughs> next to each other. Okay, and if every morning she woke up and went, ah, you know, like that's just, you do, I don't know how long things would keep going. I don't know. Because it, it's, it's something we do. We long um, for, for someone to say, hey, you're beautiful. Because God has said it. And in the same way, we long for that relationship uh, to Even, happen between us. I mean, even in culture, even non-Christian culture, they try to be noble and say the, you know, the looks really matter. And so they decided to make a reality TV show about it, which was our favorite show, Great Average show. Joe. Great show. You learned so much. Average Joe. And you know what we found woman, out? And a bunch of ugly guys, or average guys. Go ahead. And you know what we found out? Every time the girl picked the hot guy. Every time. Every time. <laughs> they bring in some stud guys. And every time. Even, with, even when they took the average Joe and did it, he picked the attractive girl. And some of the, I think some of these people pick looks over substance as opposed to keeping them right. the same. But it, it's an important part of life. It's an important part of relating. Now, what does that mean to those of us that aren't supermodels? All right, that I'm not going to walk out and get Calvin Klein knocking down my door to be his next underwear model. Does that mean that I can't, that I, oh, well, you know, I'm too, no. The, the thing about physical attractiveness, it's not an objective standard that everybody has to agree on. You see what I'm saying? It's... What, what we mean by the physical, what I say when you have to be physically attracted to the other person, vice versa, for that leg of the stool to be there, is you both have to think that the other person is physically desirable. And that's what God wants. Now, the world may think that that person is hideously ugly. That's great. There'll be less temptation for adultery. The point is that you have to be enamored with the person that you're with. I mean, that's a part of it. That's a part of a healthy relationship. Because people that you love emotionally, you get along with great, and they are loving the Lord, and you love the fact that they're a Christian, but you're not attracted to them, there's a word for people like that. Friends. Those are your friends. What separates your spouse from your friends is you love your spouse's emotional, uh, her emotional state, you love your spouse's uh, spiritual walk with the Lord, and you really want to go to bed with your spouse. I mean, that's, that separates. You know, You want that intimacy. You want... Physical attraction, and that's nothing to, to be squirmy about. Oh, it's not very spiritual. No, that's nonsense. It's totally spiritual. It is the most spiritual thing we'll ever do on. Big surprise. Sex is the most spiritual thing that we'll ever do on this earth if we are if we're allowed to engage in it and it's done right. And that's the way God set it up. You guys have been coming to Bible study on Thursday nights. You know how much sex is in the Bible, and it's intentional because it it is a good blessing, and that's why you know handle with care. But. And we'll move on to the next leg. This, this cool is just you. the one that people have the most trouble, especially yeah. Christians, accepting, is that looks do matter. They do matter to you. You should want to be with the person you're with. They should be physically attractive to you and to heck with what anybody else says. But the truth remains that a lot of times um, when we measure our three legs of the stool, usually we will lean heavy, or at least people I know, you guys are probably not as superficial as my friends, but... <laughs> A lot of times what I'll find is that um, 
one leg will go a long way for us. And, you know, maybe there's spiritually that leg's a little short or emotionally it's not really there. And, you know, and we'll lean heavy. We'll say, yeah, but they're really, really attractive. And I think they go to church. And, you know, and that's, and that's kind of how we'll connect things. But that's not right either. I, I do want to tell you guys one thing before we go on to the emotional mm. um, leg of the stool is that the one thing that set my wife apart, other than her being the most beautiful woman in the world, was that I... And it's weird. I didn't even realize this. Till I, I don't think until after we got married, I started telling people this. I said, you know what? I really like being with her. And, and it sounded so stupid, but I'd realized that I had placed a high level on what I thought was the spiritual aspect of our relationship. Did somebody know the Lord? Did they have a connection with him the same way that I did? And the physical aspect of our relationship, of, you know, was I attracted to them? Were they attracted to me? But I'd forgotten the fact that, you know what? At some point, I'm just going to have to sit down and talk to this person. And it's not going to necessarily be about us going to a worship service. And it's not going to be about how hot we think each other are. We're going to have to have a conversation together and sit down. And I love doing that with my wife. And that's important. And a lot of times that'll get bypassed in our relationships is we'll see somebody and we'll say, wow, they're really going after the Lord. You know, a lot of the, the worship leader and Derek, this is, this is one of the blessings that God gives people like Derek, the worship leader enamoring that happens like girls and ladies in the room. I don't know, but a guy picks up a guitar and he leads worship and flutter. And you're like, oh, he's so godly and really hot. And then you don't care. And it's like, well, well, what's he like? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if he could just play the guitar every day. For the I've heard girls say things like that. He could just play the guitar every day. You know what he's not going to? Derek plays the guitar every day. I lived with him. But uh, he's not going to be playing the guitar every day. You know, some days you may just have to actually have a conversation other than him just sing a song to you. And what's going to happen there? That is an important part of your relationship. And, and bottom line is, you know, the third part of the relationship spiritually, yeah, you have to connect with that person. Because if you um, are, if, if marriage is meant to be a reflection of God's relationship with his people and you don't connect spiritually, um, you're going to miss out on true marriage. Um, you, just because you put a ring on your finger or just because you do it in a church doesn't mean that you're having true marriage happen. There's so, there are all three of those aspects to being together. And that's that's something, if, it, for me, that's helped spare me a lot of confusion and a lot of stuff in, in recent years is, is I'll see, you know, I've, I've seen a girl, I'm like, man, she's so, Lord, is she the one? <laughs> to use your phrase, she's so pretty, you know, and, and she seems like she really loves you and blah, blah, blah. And then I meet her and, and it's just like, well, she's a nice girl. But, I, you know, I don't, just emotionally there's not that kind of, And so it, it allows me to go, okay, cool, well, that's not who I'm supposed to be with yeah. then. All right, that's, that's a friend. And so if we can do that, if we can assess those three areas of our lives with the other person, and by the way, both people have to have both, all yeah. three legs of the stool. <laughs> if your legs are kicking and her uh, stool's falling over. That's it's right. It, it's a two-way street, all right? This applies equally to both people. But, okay, so enough about that. You can ask a question if you want to later. What, after you've determined, okay, I like this person. I, like get, I get along with them. I like hanging out with them. And, man, they really are attractive to me. Um, I find them attractive. The thought of, of one day, you know, making out with them and then one day later actually marrying them doesn't repulse me. Then, and then you say, and they love the Lord, and we're on the same page with that. Then how, how do I know if, if this is the person I'm going to marry? You know, can I, can I marry this person? And, and especially in pop culture, that's been 
a, a guy issue, supposedly, is the idea of commitment. You know, oh, I love her, she's great, but I just don't want to commit. And there's been umpteen thousand movies made about guys afraid to commit and girls trying to trick them into getting married and all this nonsense. But the real thing is, again, the number three pops up. That's there's, right. There's three questions. That, three uh, actually, questions. I did not come up with this. I take no credit. It's our pastor, our ex-pastor at the Wesley Foundation at Georgia had three questions yes, yeah. that you can ask to find out if this person is who you're supposed to marry. And he told David, and, and David told me, and so I'll let David speak, and then you'll get it only once removed from the source. He asked, he asked me um, these three questions, and I sat down, and I said, gosh, that is, and, and they're kind of process questions. 